Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast with Patrick and Jamie. Patrick, how you doing today? Dude, tired, sandy. Why are you sandy? We were just at the beach. I don't know, Jamie wasn't wearing his one youth coat. We would look like we're really matching. We're both wearing... That's right, I have my white... White, white shirts, shirt. yeah. We, Blue jeans or we, jorts. Jorts. We took our youth group uh, staff, staff photo, photo yeah. today at the beach. So I'm Sandy. My least favorite feeling in the world, Jamie, Sandy feet. It drives me nuts. I'm still barefoot because my feet are Sandy and I cannot put my shoes back on. There's certain types of sand too. Like some sand, it gets on you. If your feet are dry, it just goes right away. Some sand is really sticky mm-hmm. and it like doesn't ever want to get off yeah. your feet. So I yeah. hear you. I'm sorry about that. I mean, but we got a good picture. Get my foot up in here. Oh, yeah. I'm not Sandy that flexible. <laughs> I can see some sand on those toes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll slide in a photo of that later. Now my seat's all sandy. Oh, geez. Ah, That's how it works. That's how it works. Today we're in James chapter right. four. Okay. Submit yourselves to God. How James exciting is that? Chapter four, submit yourselves to God. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we just should read it. Yeah. Isn't it your turn? I think it is my turn. Okay. We're going to read verses one through 12. Great. James chapter four, one through 12. It says this What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have. You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, 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 right, yeah. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means good luck, eminent, Enmity. Against, I, en- I would try to help you, but it's it's en, 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 enmity. 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 You adulterous people, don't you know that f- friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that his jealousy longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Mm. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who who are you to judge your neighbor? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when you hear the word submit, what first comes to mind? Submit. Yeah. I, I mean, first comes to mind like turning in a paper, like a school paper or something. Oh yeah, yeah. You submit a paper, or yeah. you submit it. Like you might do that online, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of 
that's my first thought. Submit. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, like surrender. Yeah, I think of um, I think of fighting. I think of like UFC type fighting, and there's submission moves. Mm-hmm. Where you can like grab someone's arm and like twist it sideways until it's about to break, and then the other person has to tap out. Basically, they have to give up. Yeah, they have to give up, give in according to your will. So they have to submit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not necessarily like a favorable thing when I think of submission. I'm not like, oh, sweet, I get to submit. Submission in a lot of ways feels like a loss, like mm. you're losing. Yeah. So when we tell someone like, hey, you need to submit to authority or you need to submit to to someone else, that actually can have like a negative connotation where we think that submission is losing, that we've somehow lost. We're somehow less because we've submitted. Um, I think James is saying something different. Uh, James is saying who we need to submit to is God. Right. And and so let's let's dive into this and go verse by verse. I'll start with the first one. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire, your desires that battle within you? Um, That's a pretty good thing. Like, I never thought about desires battling. Yeah. Inside of us. Sure. Right. So it's like you might have a desire to lose weight, but you also might have a desire to eat a carne asada burrito. Right. (laughs) <laughs> or to eat two carne asada burritos. Yeah. Or to eat whatever kind of burrito you just ate that I saw that had hash browns in it. Yeah, the loaded hash brown burrito. A loaded burritos. hash yes. brown burrito. The thing was gigantic. You might have that desire, but you also might have, like I said, the desire to like lose weight or eat healthy or whatever you want to you, you call it. Sure. And that's going to like battle within you. Right. Um, back in the day, I don't know if you've seen those old school cartoons where they have a little devil on one shoulder and a little angel on the other shoulder. Yeah. And the two would like, like at some point would like argue and then sometimes they'd even battle it out. That's kind of like a visual representation. Right. Um, what James is saying here is when we're fighting with each other, like two people fighting with each other, that ultimately is really coming from us having our own battles inside of us. Otherwise, if we weren't battling internally, we could actually do the things like being kind to each other, showing each other grace and mercy uh, and, and interacting with each other in a better way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Verse two. Verse two. <laughs> uh, you desire but do not have. So you kill. You convey but cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Yeah, this is crazy. Y- you want something. And instead of just like getting what you want, you kill like that kind of got like heated in a hurry. Um, I don't know if you've been like, you know, I really want that burrito. So I think I'm going to murder someone. Yeah. Like that never comes to mind. No, that never comes to mind. That's pretty extreme as well. Yes. Uh, Yeah. You see someone has a really nice car that you really want. You don't think, let me go kill this person. So then I'll get their car. That's not how the world operates anyway. (laughs) It'd be weird if it was it's like, if you can kill them, you can have all their stuff. And it's just the way it goes. And that'd be a wild, wild. World it would living. be a wild world. What's crazy here. I just noticed this first time ever that, uh, killing is obviously something we're not supposed to do. It's in the 10 commandments. You're right. Coveting is something we're not supposed to do. It's in the 10 commandments. So we have like two commandments that are in this one verse, which is kind of crazy. Um, but then right at the end, it throws in that line that's really important. You do not have. Why don't you have? You do not have because you do not ask God. Yes. So, again, James, classic. 
gives the scenario you do not have you desire but do not have you cannot get what you want so you fight and then it kind of says here's why you don't have because you do not ask god yeah here's the solution ask god you're too busy (laughs) fighting you're too busy quarreling you're too busy killing you're too busy covening and even in verse three he james goes on to say when you ask you're so busy asking because you ask with wrong motives Yep. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Right. You're asking the wrong way. Spending trying, a waste of, what a waste of time. I'm trying to think the last time I prayed, it probably was like five minutes ago. I don't even remember. But uh, the last time I prayed where I asked God for something and really it was like, it's more about what I want, right? It's more sure. about what's on my own pleasures. When, when we uh, in the past uh, have talked about prayer, a lot of times we use that acronym ACTS, which is Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving. And then the last one is Seeking or supplication and asking God uh, for what you want. Yeah. But the reason you have those other things first with like the adoration, confession, Thanksgiving is to get you in the right frame of mind. So you're not immediately saying, God, here's what I want. God, here's what I want. God, here's what I want for me. Right. Um, and there's a different brand, not a brand, I guess, but a different flavor of Christianity where it's more about like, oh no, you ask God for everything you want and God will give it to you if you have enough faith uh, and even if it's for your own pleasure, even if it's, even if it's, you know, so that you are, you know, can have all the right stuff you want and have fun and you should, you should ask for that. Um, but that's not necessarily biblical. Here's a great example of it, right? You don't get what you ask for. Why? Because you're asking selfishly for your own stuff. Yeah. Um, verse four, James digs right in. He's like, you adulterous people. Yeah. Like, whoa, he gets harsh. Uh, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? So if you're friends with the world, then you're an enemy with God. En- um, enmity. Yeah, yeah. It's like the word enemy. I, I looked that up on Google yeah. definition. Actually, our uh, uh, <laughs> production crew. Our, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Our hardworking yeah. production crew. Yeah. Thank you, They crew. looked it up for us and told me that it stands for the state of feeling the state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. Yeah. There you go. So interesting. Which, Similar hostility, mm-hmm. a- antagonism, friction, antipathy, hmm. word study. Yeah. You're getting deep <laughs> in all these different words. <laughs> yeah. All, right, all you people who need some college vocab words, uh, you know, go thank for you. it. Thank you, research um, department. Thank you, research department. I mean, a great way to look at it. The word almost looks like enemy. So that's kind of how that goes, right? I so, almost just said enemy. Yeah, because it's <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be able to say that. I thought, oh. So what does adulterous mean? It means you're cheating, yeah. uh, right? So like you adulterous people. So immediately James is like coming, coming on strong saying, hey, quit cheating on God. Yeah. God's your first love. Quit cheating on God. Uh, don't you know that if you're friends with the world, you're enemies with God? Now, when he says friends with the world, that doesn't mean you're supposed to be enemies with everyone around you in the world. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we read it like that and like, oh, I, I, you know, I, we see bumper stickers and say like, I'm not of this world. Yeah. And we see Christian people who want to only go to Christian schools and only hang out with Christian people yeah. and never have any interaction with anyone who's not a Christian. Um, that is a hundred percent not right. <laughs> right. I've, I've always kind of thought that. And, you know, if you 
are the type of person we are surrounding. I, there's nothing inherently wrong with surrounding yourself with other Christians. But right. if that is the only people that you see, the only people that you talk to, you ultimately are not being a good disciple. Yes. You're not furthering the kingdom of God. And the basic, the basic idea is we'll look at what Jesus did. Jesus hung out with everyone, the sinners. Sure. Uh, the saints, but yeah. he made them saints. He was the one who was who was teaching them, and so Jesus was with everyone in the world. Uh, he's the the ultimate example for us. So that's a good way of just kind of realizing that you know that's what we really need to do to actually be in the world. But when he's talking about friendship with the world, uh, it's kind of a deeper thing. It's like your allegiance, your alliance. Um, you know, if you're ditching God, uh, and I don't know, have you ever been ditched by friends before? Yeah. It's, that's like the worst. Yeah. That's a little like, weird. That's like pretty bad. Yeah. When you have like a super good friend and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to go do something else and don't worry about it. You know, yeah. like you can Bye. like, well, whatever. <laughs> or, later. oh, there's only like enough room in the car for me and my two friends, but not you. And you're like, what? You drive a three seat car? Like, that's weird. <laughs> you drive a Suburban. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> you drive a school bus. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> So, so when anyone ever ditches you like that, like is pretty hardcore, but think about how often we like ditch God. Sure. Like how often do we like, maybe you, you go to a party, uh, you go, um, even on your own you go do your own thing and you're like, God, just hold on, you know, like, give me a minute. I need some space. I've never said that. I've never said, God, hold on. But, uh, I've realized I've done that. I realized it after the fact that I had done that. Yeah. You're like, I just ignored God for like a week. Yeah. Or right. however long. And in in what's happening is you're kind of it's kind of like you're, you know, you're a cheater. Yeah. You're adulterous. Yeah. Um, so that's what he's talking about here. He's like, Hey, don't be adulterous. Um, don't fall in love with the world when your first love is Jesus. Uh because what that means, it does it means you're gonna ultimately be an enemy of God. Yeah. Uh, instead we, in scripture actually says that we are the bridegroom, uh, or the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. So it's like, we get to have this awesome relationship with, with Jesus, or we can be enemies with Jesus. And I, it doesn't seem like there's gray area in the middle, uh, from the way that James says it, it's kind of black and white. It's like, well, which one do you want to be? Right. And a lot of us, I think kind of live in this world. We're like, oh yeah, I'm cool with Jesus. Uh, but also I'm going to do my own thing. Right. Or I'm cool with Jesus, but I'm also cool with every other religion out there. Or I'm cool with Jesus, but um, but I don't really need to pray or talk to God. I don't need to read scripture. I don't need to do all that. I'll, I'll deal with that later. Right. James is kind of like, hey, listen, this lukewarm thing ain't working out. Yeah, right. And in verse five, do you think scripture says without reason that he jealousy longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives gr- us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Yeah, this is really cool, man. God has done something crazy. He put his Holy Spirit, right, which is like him, in us. Right. Um, now, this word that they have, he does longs for the spirit. He has caused to dwell in us. Uh, the word for spirit, that what's a little bit hard with it is that it's pneuma. And that particular word can mean Holy Spirit, but can also just mean someone's spirit, mm. like who they are. And so it's really hard to translate and decide, well, is he talking about the Holy Spirit here? Is he talking about like the spirit that's in us? But if you think about it as Holy Spirit, um, that God has 
longs for. God really wants the spirit that he's caused to dwell in us. And if that's the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, God wants that. If it's our spirit, God really wants our spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Both of those are really awesome. But it's a cool thing where God, instead of like, yeah, don't be adulterous because God's super awesome and God's the best you'll ever have. It's don't be adulterous because God longs for you so much. Right. God wants to be with you so much. God is jealous. God is like, I mean, you think about like a jealous girlfriend (laughs) or a jealous boyfriend, right? right? And that's like super negative. But the cool part of a jealous boyfriend or girlfriend is like, they really want that other person. Like they really want them. They have this intense desire for them. Right. And God has this intense desire for his people. Yeah. Um, which is pretty amazing. Right. So uh, verse six, right? But he gives more grace, which yeah. is, of course, God is very gracious. And then <laughs> the he reads this scripture, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I'm trying to look and see where that is from. Yeah, where is that, is that from? Proverbs 3, 34. Amazing. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Love it. Yeah. Amazing. I do also just side note, like when yeah. scripture references scripture. <laughs> it is kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's really hard because when you're, when you're dealing with scripture and it's one of the few things, like if you ever learn in, in school, you know, if a textbook is referencing it's itself or someone's making an argument and then they answer that argument themselves, it's a circular argument and it's, yeah. it's um, considered to be, uh, not great when you're dealing with critical thinking. Like you don't want to have a circular argument. But we also have to remember that the Bible is a book that was written by 40 people, 66 different books that are in it. So when James wrote this, the Bible wasn't like, I mean, it was kind of all together, but mostly together. But but James isn't writing this saying like, oh yeah, this is like going to be the next Bible and it's all going to be in one collected book. Yeah. Um, so when he, when he references other scripture, He's referencing like another book or another source. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe even at this time, another story that was passed down by word of mouth. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. And he's ref- yeah, And it's probably the, the one that's here is Proverbs, which is uh, uh, what they call in the Hebrew um, tradition. It's wisdom literature. And so it's sort of like little sayings that are like helpful to remember. So people would memorize them. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going to, you know, memorize all of these proverbs. And, you know, if you're, I don't know, out hanging with the boys uh, (laughs) and everyone's like, oh, tell us that cool story. And, you know, they tell a story and you're like, oh, uh, here's a little proverb. God opposes the proud. Which shows favor to the humble. That's kind of uh, nice. These little cool, like little lessons or whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, you're right. They did memorize this stuff a lot. So, uh, anyway, good side note. Um, we should yeah. probably move on to verse seven, I think. Yeah, verse seven. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, simple, yeah. pure, right to the point. Verse eight. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, calling us out. Part of the reason why the Bible was a living book is that it's same like this scripture, while it applied to the audience that James was writing to, it also applies to us. Yep, absolutely. And it's crazy the way that he kind of words all this, right? So we're submitting ourselves to God. So submit to God, good. Come near to God, good. That's what we're supposed to do. The opposite would be we're supposed to come near to God, but we're also supposed to resist the devil. Right. Um, so it's like go towards God. Stiff arm to the devil, purify your hearts. Yeah. Um, you sinners, uh, which is kind of harsh. 
I don't know. How do you deal with people like dropping harsh like words on you, even if it's truth? You gotta just receive it. And uh, has anyone ever ever had to do that to you, where you're like, give you some like harsh rebuke? I can't think of something off the top of my mind, but I just know that it's oftentimes better to receive the harshness than to clap back with some like nasty comment. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's just gonna, you're just gonna make a yeah. fool of yourself. Uh, if someone is speaking some heavy, hard to hear truth to you, uh, listen, process it and trust that what they're telling you is good advice or at least truthful. Yeah. Um, and don't have a charged response. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's yeah. ultimately where all the trouble comes from. Uh, it's easier to just say, okay, like I hear you. I received what you said. Let me think about it a little bit. Let me process it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, something like this though, you know, James says, uh, come near to God and he'll come near to you and kind of tells you how to do it. So it gives you something tangible to think about. Yeah. Wash your hands, purify your hearts. And because we are sinners, because we are double-minded. And verse 9, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. That seems kind of off backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Humble yeah. yourself before the Lord and he'll lift you up. Yes, yes. I think, I mean, I kind of read this and and hear James saying, be uh, true to where you're at in your faith journey and who you are. And if you are truly honest when you approach Christ, if you are in the season of grieving, mourning, and wailing, uh, and you approach Christ humbly instead of happily, uh, Christ will continue to lift you up. Yeah. Let let Christ be the one to lift you up. Don't lift yourself up. Yeah. Because right? you can only lift yourself up a little bit compared to what Christ can do. That's right. So like, if you show up and you're like, listen, God, I have memorized all the books of the Bible. I can recite them in order. Uh, I have done a lot of ministry with poor people. I got this stuff figured out. Or right. Or I know everything about you, and when it comes to theology, I am sharp, I'm great. You bring that to God, you're going to be humbled. God is going to take you down a notch if you bring yourself. But if you come to Jesus as um, the famous sermon that was titled Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, (laughs) which is pretty harsh. Uh, But if you you come to God uh, with that kind of an attitude of I'm a sinner and God is holy, and I'm just going to be a beggar asking God for mercy. Um, God is the one who can elevate us. Yeah. So that's more of, it's more about like our attitude that we bring to all of this. And our attitude shouldn't be one of like, hey, I'm great. I'm laughing. Everything's perfect. It's all good. Um, and I got to figure it out. It's more of like, no, when you approach God, you got to approach God with, uh, with humility. Yeah, absolutely. And I do like how James is approaching this by kind of pointing out the negative, be easy for James to say, okay, humble yourself before the Lord. Don't mm-hmm. brag about your job. Don't brag about how much money you have. Don't brag about how big your house is. Be, have a humble heart. Yeah. Uh, James kind of flips the script and say, in like times when people do generally lean towards the Lord, when they're grieving, mourning, wailing, when they are in seasons of gloom, uh, He's saying humble yourself in those times, which is kind of easier to relate to than humble yourselves when be humble in front of the Lord when you have a lot. Uh, I think that it just helps culture and society understand what James is trying to say more and relate better. And it's 
then everyone can humbly yeah. present themselves before Christ. Yeah. And it'd be weird. I don't know. Someday coming before the Lord, like in humility, what will that look like? You know, like, I don't think you're going to strut in and be like, hey, I'm here. You know, yeah, I'm, right. I'm the guy. It's like, <laughs> yeah. man, when we, you see God face to face, you know, people who see angels in, in the Bible, they immediately think they're going to die. Like, that's, yeah. that's their first reaction. Yeah, it's never <laughs> like, wow. It's always like, oh, yeah. my gosh. It's like, this is awesome. I feel great. It's like, Come I'm dead. I'm out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's just how, that's just because God's so holy. And yeah. God's so perfect. And we're not. And we, we come to a reality of us not being perfect in the presence of a holy God. And here's the cool thing is that James isn't just limiting this in this section to uh, to between us and God. He starts talking about one another, right? Verse 11. Yeah. Verse 11. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister judges them or judges them, speaks against the law and judges it. I love that part about the law in there too. When it you judge cool. the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment. Ooh, on it. That is some wisdom right there. Yeah. So often where we think because we know the law or we know the rules, we're somehow keeping them, right? Right. And and that's just a common fallacy with us. We're like, well, I know the speed limit is 55 here, um, but I can go 60 and not get a ticket. And like, that's true. But just because you know what the speed limit is doesn't mean you're keeping the law. Right. Uh, or if you know what you can get away with, uh, doesn't mean you're you're keeping it. And sometimes we like to sit in judgment on each other and say, "Up, oh, you you sinned, you did that thing wrong, or you aren't perfect, or you uh, did this thing wrong." And sure, you know the law, but that doesn't just by knowing the law and pointing it out in someone else, that does not mean you're keeping it. The law is for us to keep individually, yeah, uh, and to help each other. Uh, but not to do what it says here, like sitting in judgment on the law. Yeah. And just normal people, you, you have to be given authority to be the judge of a law. Yeah. And that's not, I, yeah. as far as driving goes, you and I don't have authority on on the speed limits. That's and we right. don't have authority to judge that as either. And I'm and, not going to go give anyone a ticket. I yeah. don't have an authority. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess I could. It might be kind of weird, but It'd be kind of odd. Yeah, be creepy. Verse twelve: There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. Yeah. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Who are you to judge your neighbor? Who, who are you to judge your neighbor? One lawgiver, one judge, one, and it's the one who is able to save and destroy. That's right. Very clear. Obviously, yep. it's Christ. Yeah, that's <laughs> not our job. Um, and this gets really hard though, because we want to help. Sure. And you know, like, like Pat, if I, uh, all of a sudden start slandering someone like, oh man, I hate that person. They suck. You know, yeah. or, or I wish they would just, you know, be gone or whatever. If I started to do that and you're like, Hey, uh, Jamie, that's like kind of slanderous or <laughs> that's like, that's probably not what the Lord wants you to say. Like, that's good. It's good <laughs> to encourage each other to do the right thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but we don't want to be ones to sit in judgment. So like, it's cool to encourage other people to do the right thing. And it's good to help your brother, uh, to point, point things out for your brother if they're having a rough time. But it's not good when you're like, oh, you're sorry. You're going to the yeah. hot place because yeah. you are a sinner and I can see it. Yeah. And, and that's when we start to sit in that judgment seat. That's when we start to try to take over for God. And really what was common in this point at this point in history is you had the religious authorities who were sitting in those judgment seats 
who were telling people how to live, were telling people what they were doing wrong, and were pretending that they themselves were doing nothing wrong, when in fact, you know, James had even told them uh, that they were not doing the right thing and not taking care of the orphans and widows. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've seen scripture where they're doing terrible things, even stealing widows' houses. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're doing some awful stuff. So so this is the situation that, that uh, was happening back then. And James is saying, nope, don't want to do it. There's only one lawgiver. There's only one judge. Uh, who are you to judge your neighbor? Yeah, exactly. Word of wisdom. That's it. Praise the Lord. Thanks for checking out today's devotional. And you, you will hear from us again next week. All right, bye all.